0: And we need to ask yourself, why am I fighting harder for my limitation rather than fighting for the life that I want? And I can guarantee you when you start to line up all of the reasons why it could possibly work, all the reasons why you know people do wanna support you, all the reasons why they do need this new product or service on the market. When you start to make your belief about that stronger than the opposite, you're gonna see how many opportunities have been right in front of you the whole time but you just could not see them because you were focused
1: on the wrong thing. Welcome to CEO School. We're your hosts Sinara Madani and Shannon Monson and we believe that you deserve to have it all. Less than 2% of female founders ever break 1 million in revenue and we're on a mission to change that. Each week, you'll learn from incredible mentors who have made it to the 2% Club, as well as women well on their way, sharing how they've defied the odds so that you can do it too. You're a real business now. Class is officially in session. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. I am so excited to talk to a 2% Clubber, um, Reese Evans here of Yes Supply. And I'm so pumped to talk to Reese today and share her incredible story um, about how she launched her company, how she scaled her company, and has put hundreds of women through her coaching certification through Yes Supply. Hi, Reese. How are you? Hi, Sunira. I'm great. It's so excited to be here. I'm so pumped to have you. I honestly, yesterday on our pre-call, I love to do these pre-call interviews. And I was like, save this for the podcast, save this for the podcast. (laughs) conversation was so awesome. And I'm so excited to share this with our audience because I know they're going to absolutely love it. Uh, Reese, something that we were talking about was how we met. And I thought we met in person because I feel like we've been friends forever, but we're actually digital Instagram friends.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Instagram friends is the way to go. A lot of my Newer friends I met online. And yeah, I think I found you through another podcast you were on and just felt this energetic pull to reach out and connect. I have a little background in the POS service industry as well and technology as well. So I thought
1: we'd have a lot in common and I'm excited to chat with you even more and get to know you even better. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so pumped. So um Uh, to our audience. So Reese, if you could tell us a little bit about your company and what you do um, to our audience, that'd be super helpful to get started.
0: Absolutely. So I'm the founder of a company called Yes Supply, and we essentially empower people from the inside out to say yes to the life that they want. So one of the big reasons why I started this was I was surrounded by so many smart, intelligent, talented, creative women who would say things like, I really want to be an artist, but I can never do that. I really want to be an entrepreneur, but I can never do that. I really want to do this, but I can never do that. And I wanted to shape them and be like, why do you think you can't do that? Because I've always been someone who can see people's potential in them. And so I got sought off this mission to find out why do we tell ourselves, but I could never do that. Why are we always the number one person to say no to ourselves? And what would happen if we just, Changed the script and started saying yes to ourselves. And it started off actually as a blog. I had no idea what I was doing, knew nothing about online business. Kind of. Uh, 2015 is when I came up with the idea okay. and started like dabbling. But you know, I still had my own limiting beliefs to overcome. Um, so worked through those. Interviewed online or not online. Interviewed entrepreneurs to get them to share how they had found their passion and turned it into a business. And what I found was nobody gets the golden rule book of this is how to be successful. It's just that entrepreneurs. Who are successful are willing to try they're willing to fail and they're constantly saying there's an answer there's an answer there's an answer through doing that and sharing content online i started to build this online community of people saying this is really helping me this is changing my life and i was working at a nine-to-five at the time And I realized if I can help this many people in just a few hours after work, imagine what I could do if I was getting paid to do this and I could make this my whole life. And so I discovered coaching, which was a way to monetize the empowerment I was putting out. Um, started coaching, started a membership site, and then grew that to the point that everyone was asking me about my coaching techniques. And I had been trained in a lot of different coaching techniques. So I created the Yes Supply method, which is our signature program. It's a coaching certification program that is your one-stop shop to get everything that you need to be a successful coach and also how to market yourself, get in front of your ideal clients, and make money. We've had so many people create six figures and multiple six-figure businesses through doing it. So it's like a long, windy journey of just following my
1: intuition, but I'm so grateful for the path I'm on. And saying yes, right? It's because you said yes every step of the way. That's so incredible. So now you became... like, You started off... Um, coaching, and that was obviously really successful. And you had learned all of these incredible method, and then you ended up becoming the coach's coach, and now yes. you, coach, you coach coaches how yes. to coaches, who then also some of them teach other people how to coach. And your entire uh, the impact that you're, you're having is so incredible, uh, Reese. Um, I've been following you online for quite some time, and every like I feel like you speak to me. I just love. Um, The content that you put out, um, the positivity, the fact, it's the the limiting belief, the the money mindset that we as women don't get into. Mm -hmm. I want to tap into, I want to go into the tactical uh, tips that you have for overcoming our limiting beliefs and fears. Because when I look back at my journey, and I was 26 years old with no money in my bank account. And I honestly don't know what the fuck I was thinking, like trying to even think that I could start this company. But there was Mm -hmm. like this weird part of me that I was like, I can do this. Yeah. And I I just was like, yes, I'm going to try. And if I hadn't taken that yes, I would have um, never gotten this company off the ground. And, you know, I, I don't even know, like going back, I don't know what it was. And um, mm-hmm. that little trigger point of saying, you know, I was actually just so fed up that I was my last choice. I probably should have said yes a long time before that. But this notion of us stopping ourselves and kind of putting that blocker into our minds is it's true for like for every woman that I know it's true for for every entrepreneur that I know um and so let's talk about so how do we overcome that I want to like talk through some of the tactics like how do you help your uh clients today overcome these limiting beliefs
0: yeah absolutely I can totally relate because I was in the exact same boat I realized like Nobody is going to give me an opportunity. It's not going to fall in my lap. I have to go out there and I have to create it if I want an opportunity. And like Beyonce says, no one's going to give you the power. You have to go take it. So if it's good enough for Beyonce, it's good enough for me. So one of the big things that dictates our life is our internal subconscious programming. And actually, when I started to really dig into our subconscious programming, and neuro linguistic programming and energy, that's what actually really got guest supply going because it wasn't just saying, believe in yourself, you can do it but it was actually understanding why do we act the way we act? Why do we back out of opportunities or resist opportunities? And why can't we be the people who say yes to ourselves? It all happens on a subconscious level. So as women, especially, we're very much programmed by what we might hear our parents say, what our teachers say, what the media tells us. We're very much programmed to you know, play small, be humble. If you're the person who knows what they want, you know, you're the B word, right? If you're the woman, like, you know, if you're so the we, positive swear, We can swear, one, we, we we can swear. swear? okay. <laughs> I never know. I don't know if moms are listening with their kids. But, <laughs> but yeah, like, you, you know what I'm talking about? Like the opinionated yeah. woman who knows what she wants, she's always the evil villain. She have you ever seen? It. Yeah, exactly. Like, have you ever seen, I was actually, I was doing some money mindset work on myself the other day, and I recognized a new belief that came up for me that said to me, if you have money, you're mean. And so I started to dig in my subconscious. Where did I learn if you have money, you're mean? And I learned that from um, 101 Dalmatians. What's the, oh, Cruella de Vil. Have you realized? Like, if you think about all these movies we watch, they teach us through stories that The lady who has money and who knows what she wants, she's the mean one and everything like that. And so we don't realize, but all of this programming goes into our minds and that forms who we are, our identity, our habits, our behaviors, and our patterns. The reason is because from age zero to seven, you are actually in a state of hypnosis. Your brainwave goes between alpha and theta brainwave, which is in a state of hypnosis. After age eight, you start to form your prefrontal cortex where you can rationalize. And that's why when you're about eight years old, or when I was about eight years old, I was like, wait a second, how does Santa Claus get into my apartment? I don't have a chimney, right? We start to question things.
1: Pretty much (laughs) before the age of eight, we are hypnotizing our kids with everything that they watch and everything that we say is like being smudged into their little tiny brains.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's a gift and a curse because As a kid, we're in a state of super learning so we can learn four languages with ease. We watch our parents eat with a fork and we figure out how to eat with a fork. Like it's not all bad. Of course, that's how we learn to be a human. But if if your parents argued over money in front of you, you've learned, oh, money makes people angry or people fight over money. If you saw, it's, it's so interesting because our subconscious mind form is created all through metaphors. It's symbolic. If you saw your dad have a successful business and then lose it, you learned, oh, if I have good things, people take it away from me. Or this is like my real life
1: coaching right is now. It? <laughs> this is it my real life right now? Let's do this. Yeah, oh, my goodness. yeah.
0: And so, if you want to, you know, get to that new level of earning and making money and feeling good about it, you need to start unpacking. Oh, not, pe- not all people with money is mean, just um, the Ursula or whatever, or you know, the lady from 101 Dalmatians. Um, not every salesperson is sleazy. Just that uncle from Matilda. I the reason I bring up all these movies is because I learned I learned a lot of the things that kept
1: me small from movies. Actually, oh my, my- I, I couldn't agree with you more. Like this is my mind is blowing right now. Watching- <laughs> Your mind is blowing. This is so true. Yeah, and even um,
0: my early twenties. I was so afraid to ask for a raise. Have you ever felt like that? Like I, I thought asking for a raise was the equivalent of I'm going to get fired because as soon as I ask them, they're going to be like, "Who do you think you are? You're fired." And no, so, when,
1: ungrateful.
0: Yeah, and so when I went back and asked, why do I believe that if I ask for a raise? someone will hate me and i realized when i was a child my mom was a single mom and the first discussions i heard around money were her arguing with my dad over child support and so i learned not because she sat me down and taught me this but just through what i was experiencing i learned if you talk about money people hate you and i had to as an adult and this is this is why we we have the choice to empower ourselves so if you grew up you know poor or you grew up not having enough money or whatever it is As an adult, we have to take our lives into our own hands now. And so, yes, from ages zero to seven, all these things happen. But now as an adult, we have the choice. How do I want to think about money? Do I want to believe that there's not enough or do I want to believe that there's an unlimited amount? Like, look at how much you've scaled your business as well. Like. I'm sure you didn't even realize there's that much money in the world. There's that much opportunity in the world, but there is, and there's way more. And so that's why we have to start to think about, look at examples of people like Sunira, look at, you know, the fact that they print more money every single day. Look at the fact that the United States is trillions of dollars in debt, yet Donald Trump isn't crying himself to sleep. (laughs) Money is simply an idea. And so every single time we're limiting ourselves saying I could never do that or that's too much for me or other people get to have it but I don't get to have, other people get to have but women of color don't get to have it or moms don't get to have it or whatever. We need to stop ourselves in that moment and we need to question what we're thinking and we need to ask ourselves, why am I fighting harder for my limitation rather than fighting for the life that I want? And I can guarantee you when you start to line up all of the reasons why it could possibly work, all the reasons why you know, people do want to support you, all the reasons why they do need this new product or service on the market. When you start to make your belief about that stronger than the opposite, you're going to see how many opportunities have been right in front of you the whole time, but you just could not see them because you were focused on the wrong thing.
1: Oh, my goodness. I have goosebumps. I <laughs> swear to God, I feel like everything you're saying is just speaking to me. And I'm sure you guys listening are feeling the same way. I mean, I grew up with a crazy entrepreneur dad, love him to death, uh, but it was hard. And I have like literally all the things that I've been fighting through. I fought starting my company because I didn't want to be an entrepreneur because I was like, I don't want to bring home all the stress. I literally picked, like put entrepreneurship with stress, stress on family, money, money like I had to move like we moved 10 different times in 12 years like of my schooling and we were you know it's we were always successful like he was always he figured out his ways we were always successful and it makes like there's so many amazing memories that I have around it but instead of focusing there I was always focused on like the fear that I had of it versus the flexibility that we had as a family versus the fact that my dad could pick me up from school and like we could go hang out at the store or all these great memories I also had of him being an entrepreneur but when I was ready to Launch my company. I had so much fear because I didn't want to end up what what my limiting belief of entrepreneurship actually was.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. We always have the choice. Like you can be an entrepreneur and move twenty thousand times, or you can be an entrepreneur and be sitting in your pajamas <laughs> and running your company. You know, from anywhere in the world. Like I am not pajamas, but in my comfy clothes and my little UGG slippers every single day. Like we, that's the beautiful thing, especially now, you know, things were, you know, different a few decades ago, but especially now, if you have an internet connection, even sometimes if you just have a cell phone, you can start a really successful business.
1: So I want to pick on something that you talked about. I heard you say the notion of the limiting belief of, because I'm a mom and I see that all the time. And I know Reese, you're about to have your first baby and you yes. haven't experienced that belief yet, but trust me when the baby arrives and you're going to be torn between taking a sales call or doing something for the company and the baby needs you, there is this crazy notion of mom guilt. And mm-hmm. it you really do feel like you're a shitty mother because you are, or actually. You were trained to think that way. Yes. So consciously we are trained to think that we are shitty mothers if we choose our career. So let's, I'm sure you've done a lot of work with women around this topic. I'd love to hear your thoughts on how we kind of break through that because everything that you shared with us, it, it makes sense, but it's hard. Like I wish I could just turn it off, right? Like I don't, really? how do you, how do you make people turn this limiting belief off?
0: Totally. Yeah. I've worked with so many moms on this. They believe they can have one thing or the other. They can be a good mom or a successful business owner. And the beautiful thing is um, th- through working through this, I've done a lot of research and there's so many studies that actually prove that if you're a working mom, your child is actually going to be more successful. Your child doesn't need you. Like, of course, if it's an infant, don't leave it alone, please. (laughs) But your child doesn't need you to be hovering over them 24-7 because what your child needs most and what I think people in the world need most is actually the ability to problem solve on their own, the ability to think for themselves. And so if you think that you need to be hovering over your child they can't play by themselves they can't learn things on their own what you're doing is you're actually taking away the opportunity for the child to figure out things for itself and you know I grew up in a single parent household my mom worked really hard but she wasn't always with me I was at babysitter with babysitters and everything like that and I think I turned out pretty good right? <laughs> So so
1: Absolutely. what we
0: have to do is we have to look at the opposite and, and recognize, like, when did we believe that we have to hover and, and be there all the time? And if we don't, we're bad. You know, we can actually set an example for our children that you can have it all like. I'm really looking forward to becoming a mom because I want to, you know, do a live stream with my baby feeding, and and because I, I see so many moms who're like, oh well, I can't do a live stream or I can't do a video because the kids are in the background. I've seen moms do it, and I admire and respect them more because they're showing that you can have it all all at once. Um, and it's funny too because even though I haven't had the baby yet, I do still get those things pop up. Like I've had thoughts of like, oh, I can't. I'm launching a mastermind next month and. Oh, I can't launch my mastermind because I'm going to have a baby. And I have to reset myself and say, wait a second. It takes a village to start a business. It takes a village to grow, you know, to make anything grow. And I'm allowed to ask for support. You know, yes. if, if you're, um, you know, if you have a partner your partner should be happy to take the baby for a few hours so that you can do your videos or you can do, you know, whatever you have to work on. And even if you're a single parent, do you have a friend who would watch the baby or like, you know, even if they're in the same home and they just come out and hang in your living room and play with the baby for a few hours so you can get something done or a parent or something like that. It's like ask for help. You don't have to do it all on their own. Like we now in our society, we're so used to living in our little homes and not talking to anyone. But it used to be that you would raise a child in a community and there'd be like all the moms and all the grandmas. And, you know, everyone would kind of work together and grow together and help each other with their own skills. And so we don't have to be afraid and think that we have to do it on our own. It's better for our child
1: to be socialized no it's it, i think it's just notion of asking for help and then feeling mm-hmm. guilty that we have to, we have to be the ones to do it or it's not going to get done right and that's something that i see for you know mom guilt aside just for female entrepreneurs in general women are just perfectionist. And so we yes. feel that if it's not absolutely perfect, if I did not do this, it's mm-hmm. not done right. I literally just got off of a, a, a coaching call before this podcast. And um, we were talking about, you know, hiring someone and they're like, well, um, you know, I'm having a tough time delegating my assistant, she's not getting it right. And they're just not doing a, a good job with it. And I'm like, are they not doing a good job? Or are you having a hard time letting it go and mm-hmm. actually investing the time to teach someone? Somebody how to do it effectively, because yeah. everybody has the capability to learn, right? Like if you're hiring the right team member, and they have competency, right, you've hired them because they're competent, you trust them, right? That's the reason you have to have trust on two levels, you have to have trust in competency, and you have to have trust in like human level. And that's why they're on your team. So you have, they have the capability to do it, you just have a hard time of it not being you. And we have to we have we really struggle with this of ask raising our hand and asking for help. Um, And surrounding ourselves with people that can actually do it better than us, even.
0: Mm -hmm. Totally. I totally agree. When I first started, I was my web designer, social media manager, content creator, program creator, IT person, like... I was the one-stop shop for everything in my business. And, um, you know, for a while that was working for me and I felt good because I was in control until things start falling through the cracks because you just absolutely can't do it all. And I was reading something the other day, I think it was from Tony Robbins, and he was talking about, you know, creating success in a business. And what we want to do when we're growing our businesses is not be activity managers We want to be results managers, because when you're an activity manager, that's going to make you micromanage. That's going to make you, oh, you did a double line instead of a single line. You did a period instead of a comma. Like if you're that micromanaging about everything, you're not getting anything done as a CEO, visionary person who should be looking at the future growth of your company. And of course, that other person is going to be paralyzed with fear that they're gonna do something wrong. So one of the things that I talk to my team about a lot is how it's okay if they make mistakes. And I actually give my team thinking processes. So not just the processes of what I did, like, I don't know how I posted a video or whatever, but I also tell them how I think things through so mm-hmm. that they, so that I can depend on them to make decisions. Because when I first hired them and they needed me to make every decision, I might as well have just, <laughs> you know, did all the work. So one of the big things is like, for customer service, for example, instead of saying, should this person get this refund or should this person get this video or program or whatever, I get them to think, what is for the highest good of the customer? What do they actually want? What is for the highest good of yes supply and make a decision based on that. And like, are you doing it from a place of love and for the greater good of all? So like, let's, let's, let's give an example during the quarantine, during the pandemic, you know, there were certain people who went through a tough time and, um, we got this email and somebody wanted a refund. And so instead of just saying like, here's the refund, go ahead. You know, we're done with it. I asked her to think, what is for the greatest good of the client? What does she actually want? What is for the greatest good of yes supply? And then from that, we realized She doesn't actually want a refund. Actually, in this time of quarantine and people losing their jobs, the best thing ever is to start your own business, right? And she wanted to be a coach. She didn't actually want the refund. It was that she was a little bit short on money. And so we came up with a different outcome or she came up with a different outcome of why don't we give her an offer just to pause her payments for a month so she can get back on track. She can continue to work through the content that she needs to. And this person emailed us back a month later. was in a much better financial place because she was starting to put herself out there and she was able to continue on, right? So getting our team to think for ourselves and not think about, you know, the little nitty gritty activities, but actually letting them think about like, what's the positive result. They're going to come up with creative activities or creative outcomes and Ideas that we as a CEO wouldn't be able to. And now there's so many people on my team who do things better than I could have ever done them my own. And I'm so grateful that I have
1: them. No, absolutely. I couldn't agree with all of that more. It's like that notion of even what you just said, like even Saul, like problem solving. Um, It's, it's all of these limiting factors that you just like, okay, what is in the best interest of all? And sometimes Mm -hmm. we're just so, we're so fearful of the outcome. Like we've already determined that stuff, like our mind always goes negative first. Like that is just naturally for some reason where we go. And we assume that this person is, so it's, we call it, I call it the story in my head, right? So yeah. this is and the story in my head is that this person is really angry and she mm. needs a refund. And if I don't do this and she's going to write this nasty review about me, so it's easier <laughs> for me to just, it's easier for me to just hand the, over the money back, right? Like it's yeah. just easier. And it's actually, it's actually, it, it takes, it takes skill and it takes skill to say, Hey, let's just think through this and find a solution. It takes a little courage to just like get on the phone right? And actually understand their reasoning. And then when you do that, you're actually like, oh shit, that was just a story in my head because that's what we do is we create stories all day long about everyone, Mm -hmm. everything that's happening around us. The story in our head before we go ask for the raise is that I'm going to get fired. That's the story that we've created in our head and we continue to like fuel and share that story. And that causes us to not actually um, create a new story or actually validate or at least ask, right? And understand the why. So, Reese, I know we talked about, I heard trinkets of team a little bit. I know all the women out here are listening on this podcast. One of the reasons I have you on is because you have broken that million dollar threshold, whereas literally less than 2% of female founders ever break a million in revenue. Isn't that absolutely nuts? It's nuts. We should all be breaking this revenue, and we all can. Absolutely, and I want to kind of dive a little bit tactically of your processes. What you know, so you started this company. It started to scale. If you can kind of take me back pre, maybe pre-revenue or early revenue days, and let's talk about how you scaled Yes Supply, Um, and if there are any uh, tips and uh, tactical uh, strategies that the audience can take away of how you went from zero to earning consistent revenue to then scaling it to past a million dollars and then beyond.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, two really great books that I would recommend anyone who's first starting off read are The E-Myth by Michael Gerber and Scaling Up by Vern Harnished, I believe is the name. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Vern, if you're listening, (laughs) right? So I would take that because, you know, I started Yes Supply is, you know, the first business that has... You know, created this kind of income and outcome for me. And it's so funny because I actually started my first business as a stylist when I was 19. It fizzled off and that. Failure is actually something that fueled me to create a platform for mentorship now, but that's a side note. But
1: anyway, one of the No, let's start. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, let's, let's, let's dig a little further. Tell me more.
0: Sure. Yeah. So when I was about 18 or 19, I, I knew what I wanted for my life. You know, like I know exactly what I want. I want to be a stylist. And so I actually back then created my own website. It was the most horrendous thing. It was with like Dreamweaver and, all this code that I had to self-teach myself and Google and YouTube, and there was not even a fraction of the information available that there is now. And with Dreamweaver trying to get it on up online, it's like I did I clicked the same button and did the same thing 50 times. And then the 51st time it just worked. And I was like, okay, I don't know what I did or how that worked, but something was making it work. And then somebody found me. And I started actually getting these styling gigs here and there, um, and I would get paid, you know, five hundred or six hundred dollars in a day. Which at the, that time I was like, oh my god, I'm a millionaire! You can get paid six hundred dollars in a day? Like I didn't even know that was possible. And um, while I was doing that, a big part of becoming a stylist is building a portfolio so that people can see what you do. And so again, this, I started from scratch. I didn't have um, photography background, makeup background. My very first photo shoot, I did all the makeup, all the styling, all the photography, bought a used camera and like just made it work. And so I started to build momentum and I found a few mentors And what was happening was I'd get one paid job and maybe make six hundred dollars or something like that. But then I I didn't know how to say no. So I was doing all this free work, all these creatives. And I remember there was one, and a lot of time what you have to do is you have to, if you can't get clothes from the designers, you have to buy clothes and return them. So I remember there was one weekend where I did a couple of free creatives. And a pair of $600 sparkly Mew Mew slippers got, quote, quote, lost. I feel like they got stolen. And then I had this $1,000 Gucci scarf. And usually I was so thorough about like making sure everything was perfect, doing my returns. But I had accidentally, because I was a little burnt out, left a pin in it and I wasn't able to do the return. So in one weekend I was out sixteen hundred dollars. And you know, because of that and other things happening in my life and realizing I don't have a backup plan. I have a single mom that if I screw this up, like no one can pay my bills for me. Like no one's gonna do it for me. And so I asked my mentors like, how did you get through the first couple years when you don't have a name yet and everybody wants you to work for free? And they said things like oh, well, my dad paid my rent for me or my mom paid this for me. And it put me in this position where I was like, oh, well, you can only be successful if you're already rich and you have parents who can, you know, pay your way for you. And so that made me give up and, you know, just went to working in retail for a few years and everything like that. But when I started Yes Supply, Um, It's funny. I was working in retail. I had been job hunting and couldn't find anything. And I job hunted like it was my part-time job. Like I'd come home and I'd send out like six resumes an evening, could not find a job, would go to interviews, would not get them. And that's when I had that aha moment of like, if nobody else is going to give me an opportunity, I need to create the opportunities for myself. And so I grabbed a journal and I just started writing down like what would I ask for if I knew the answer was going to be yes? Like, what do I wish existed? And I wanted to create a platform that empowered people to go after their dreams, even if it, even if they've gone through tough times and even if they didn't have anything. And that's why I started interviewing entrepreneurs. So, and my experience really made me so passionate about doing this with YesSupply because I wanted to show people that, You know, you don't have to come from a rich family or have it handed to you to be successful. Even if you're starting with nothing, you can make it work. I wanted to kind of fight that dialogue.
1: So so incredible.
0: Yeah. So fast forward into starting S Supply. um, I think a big thing is obviously the customers, right? You you know that every single company in the world has a sales department and you need to be focused on customers. And so what I did without even realizing is I started working on building my customer base before I even had a product before I even knew what I was doing because I was creating this online content and I was attracting my ideal client. I didn't know it was my ideal client. It was just the people who I wanted to help, right? But I was creating content that empowered women, that empowered creatives, that empowered people who wanted to take the leadership role in their life to say yes to themselves. And like I said before, earlier in the podcast, I was getting all these messages from people saying that what I was putting out was helping them. And I realized It's not just like a a fun idea for me to make money. I actually believe that it's my duty that I make money from this because if I'm able to help people while just doing this part time in my evenings, imagine how much I could help people if I could focus on this for that extra 40 hours a week, I didn't have to go to another job. And so I, you know, through synchronicities and serendipities, somebody interviewed me for her blog. And she had a Facebook group and I was like, what is a Facebook group? So I went into this Facebook group and I saw all these coaches and I was like, oh my God, they're doing essentially what I'm doing, but I don't have a product yet. I'm not, you know, making money from this yet." So that's what I'm not I
1: getting started. paid to do it. I'm right. not getting paid to do it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. But I was building a community, which was great. And so I started investing in myself. I took courses on online business and coaching and everything just kind of started to snowball
1: from them. And mm, that's interesting. You invested in yourself. A hundred percent. Literally, I meet so many entrepreneurs who are like, I'm still, I'm just figuring it out. And like, why don't you just Join a group or learn from other people that have already figured it out. Why are you trying to do it the hard yeah. way? Just it's invest like, in the right, te- like the right mentorship.
0: Totally, it's like pressing the fast forward button. Honestly, because I was trying to, I was trying to figure it out, and you know, I, YouTube University and everything like that. And there's so much information, you don't actually know what's but what would work. But as soon as I found someone who was essentially living the kind of life that I wanted, and grew a business like I wanted I was like well they clearly know what they're doing I can just hit the fast forward button and work with them and it was not an easy decision I did not have the money to make this investment I remember exactly where I was sitting in my kitchen like leaning against the counter I was actually purchasing on my phone I was George my husband is the most loving accepting person in the world and when I told him he didn't judge me or anything but I was afraid to tell him because it just seemed so ludicrous to be spending you know, $2,500 plus USD at the time that I didn't have for this online program from this random girl (laughs) (laughs) online. So my finger was literally shaking over the buy button. But I remember I declared to myself, I didn't say cross my fingers. I hope this works or maybe this will work. I said, I am going to make this work. I'm going to spend this money and I am going to make it back non-negotiable. I'm going to do what it takes. And that investment wasn't even necessarily the program. Like, you know, it's great to take a program from a great mentor, but I think it was me deciding I am going to do whatever it takes that just upped my energy and notch and focused in my, my focus and my concentration not should be like, there's no turning back now.
1: So that's amazing. And so you, you, I'm, I'm assuming you, uh, now when you look back at that $2,500 investment into what you turning into (laughs) your empire, it's it's that yes that you took, right? It's that investment that you made in yourself. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I even remember at one point, you know, buying my first domain. And thinking like $60 for the year, am I ever going to make that back? But you just have to, like, it seemed scary at the time to spend $60, but you just have to take risks, right? Whether it's $60, $2,500, $10,000, and now I've made, you know, $30,000 investment in my growth, but you just have to take the leap and trust that you want it for a reason. You want to learn from this person for a reason um, you're drawn to their work or whatever it is for a reason. You're drawn, taking that next step for a reason. You just have to have more energy and more focus on your faith rather than your fear.
1: And sometimes it's that accountability too, right? So it's even though you, you know, and you have to have the chops to do it, but having that accountability partner on the other side and having deadlines. And I know that's what did it for me. It was really, when I had my first hire for fat merchant, I feel like, the velocity of our growth took off because mm-hmm. I was now actually responsible for another human besides just feeding myself. And yeah. so I could live off of ramen noodles for life, <laughs> but I, actually I can't. I, I don't like ramen noodles, <laughs> uh, but I could live off of uh, whatever, um, hot Cheetos for life. That's what I can live off of. <laughs> For life, But um, I was responsible for another human being and the velocity of our growth took off because I knew I had deadlines and I wasn't just it wasn't just for me anymore. Yeah. OK, so fast forward me. So now that you've invested, you invested in yourself, you started learning, you started taking um, courses and you're investing in self-growth so that you can apply it to your business then what happens?
0: Yeah. So then I created a program. So like, like what I was saying before businesses, like I was thinking about it, even when it was just little and I realized I can make this a business. I started to think about like, how are the highest level businesses operating? Right. And I think it's really important to learn from people who are in a position that you want. So, you know, Top businesses also have a product department. So I started to create a product, which is my coaching program. And I had little products. I had a social media calendar and then I had a membership site. But what actually started to help us make the income that we needed was coaching programs because. You can charge a lot higher ticket, and then of course that's going to help you pay your bills and everything like that so much easier. So I created a coaching program, worked with a few people one on one, and really dialed it down to help them get amazing results. And now looking back, it was almost like they were my beta testers, right? Because I worked with these people, I found out what are the common limiting beliefs of my ideal client, what are their current obstacles, how do I help them get there, what's the best process? Switching things around, I made it better and better and better and better. And then I was looking at, okay, now how can I continue to scale? How can I get this to a next level? So one of the things that I'm always thinking about is I'm a, I am i do not know if you know any, have you heard of human design? Yes. Okay. So I'm obsessed with human design. So I'm a manifester. So how my human design works is I'm really good at starting things and then it's my nature or how I'm supposed to work to inform and include other people and invite them to, you know, reach whatever vision we are working towards as a team or whatever their vision is. So one of the things like if I'm doing the same thing too often, first off, I get bored. I can't do the same repetitive for, thing. For our audience. Can you just explain what human design is? What is human design? So I'm not really a human design teacher, so I would tell everyone to honestly Google it, but human design is essentially, I believe it's a mix of astrology and a channeled message from somebody named Ra and every person has their own design.
1: There's four, I believe. This is the type of like human you kind of are, and this is your flow and how you should be uh, showing up based on your design.
0: Yes, exactly. It's like your best way to work in the world, right? So, you know, for somebody who I believe like a projector, if they try to force things to happen, it's not going to happen as well as if they sit back, they're more in ease and they wait for an invitation. Whereas I'm a manifester, so I'm meant to start things, but I actually don't have the same amount of energy as like a generator. So I'm meant to start things, but if I work like hardcore nonstop hustle, 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 like Gary Vee, I would get burnt out and that's that would make me essentially lose my magic. So one of the things I'm always looking at is, is there something that's repetitive in my business, but is working to help me scale? And I'm always looking at, can I automate that or can I delegate that? So instantly off the beginning, I was always looking at tools that could help me automate certain things. So I wasn't working so hard. So I could spend my energy thinking about how can I be the visionary for my company? Am I thinking about the future? Am I thinking about where we, where we're going? Am I explaining the message to the people that I'm working with? So either automating it or delegating it. And like, even before I had quit my job, I actually already had a customer service virtual assistant, because I realized, you know, answering the same question over email or doing the same repetitive task that's not where I can, that's not where I can best utilize, you know, who I am. It's better for me to figure out what is the process, dictate that process to somebody who's really, really good at doing more repetitive tasks and um, taking action on processes and then when they feel comfortable with it, I know that that's getting done and I can focus on the next thing. Because as a CEO, you're building. So I'm always looking at how can I delegate everything like that. And the important thing as well, I think you were mentioning earlier how sometimes, you know, someone hires someone they say, oh, it's not working. They can't do it as well as me. And I think a really important thing to have as well as a leader is patience, right? If you're expecting someone, like nobody can read your mind. So yes. that means making sure that you, as best as possible, are brain dumping. So if I have a uh, something that I do, a process in my business that I know would be better suited for someone else on my team, I love this tool called Loom. Have you heard of it? No. Oh my God, you need it. It's like a screen recording app. So just say I have ah. to go, yeah, just say I have to go and I have to like, I don't know, process um, somebody who can't log in, for example. like What I would do is turn on Loom so I can record my screen and say, first you click here, then you click here, then you open this program, then you click here. Now I've brain dumped my brain onto something that my new hire can watch. I also have a manual. So we have a manual that we keep in Google Docs. And every single every single time I was like, okay, I'm going to do this right now but this is the last time I ever want to do this because I need to be focusing on the vision not the little you know like technical stuff I will loom it I will jot down this is my specific process is also known as a SOP standard operating procedure absolutely and I'm going to put it somewhere so that even if I don't have that hired person yet when i do have them it's going to be 20 times easier to train them because i don't have to remember every single little thing that i've done it's already documented it's in the scripts folder under that job description title and so they can go through and watch how everything's done and then i'm there mainly to just answer you know questions that they have and support them and also share with them this is the vision of our company this is where we're going and i'm always talking to my team about Owning their role, and and actually, a new thing that I've really been talking about is owning their department, right? So, I was talking to my customer relationship manager the other day, and she's the only customer relationship manager we have right now, right? We're still—I don't like to call us a small business because I like to think big, but you know, we have some growing to do, right? So, I was telling her, even though you're the only person who's a customer relationship manager, don't think within your role think within the department. And if the department of customer relationships of, you know, making our relationships better with people needs um, help from support from somebody who's outside of that, you can ask them a question. If you need a software that you don't have, let us know. We'll give you the credit cards. So you can buy it. Like if you need a course or something so that you can learn something that you don't know, let us know because I know that a team, a company that wants to grow needs a team that's always growing. And that means that I can't put anyone on my team inside a little tiny box. I need to tell them, grow, 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 grow. If you have an idea, go for it. No one's going to get mad at you for making a mistake. If you ask yourself if it's in the best interest of the client and to best interest of yes supply, like go for it. Cause that's the only way we're going to grow. We're not going to grow. If everyone needs me to sign off on, you know, if the font is red or blue,
1: I <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> no, I, I think this is a really important point for the women here listening to, to take back. Cause I see this all the time. It's the growth mindset. I think a lot of the entrepreneurs want the growth mindset. They're like, oh, we're grow- we're growth mindset, but then we're not willing to give that to our team members. And we have to allow them room to grow as well. And we have to be able to trust and delegate, right? So it's always like, oh. do delegate or delete. That's kind of my, my yeah. motto as well. We don't have to do everything. When you actually zoom out of your business, you probably got rid of a lot of things that you're like, I'm not, I don't even want to spend my time here. I don't even need my team to spend time here because mm-hmm. it doesn't the needle. Um, you also talked about a, you know, the theory of making sure that they can't read your mind. I love the tool. I'm going to, and it's loom. I'm going to get that right away. The creating SOP standard operating procedures. I literally just described it on a, on a coaching call as it's the, it's like the, like the, the playbook for dummies. Like it is literally (laughs) like you're talking to a five-year-old and you document it step by step by step. And it takes just, it doesn't even take that long to do. You just have to sit down and when you're going to create this process that you want to delegate off, It's even if you don't even have the team member yet. And yeah. I love that you said that because I we've always done that. Even though we didn't have that team member yet, we recorded that process so that when we were able to... Um, to bring on that team member, it was so easy for them to go in and get trained without me having to sit here and even do, like they had a playbook already to go off of. Um, I couldn't agree with that more. I'm so excited for that, for our audience to practice these exact strategies. So now you're growing your team. You have, you've decided that you're going to, you know, you're scaling back the one-on-ones and you're like, I'm going to actually coach the coaches. But now <laughs> 600 women, I think we talked about, through yeah. Yes Supply. That is just so incredible when you look back and, and also you've almost like taken yourself out of the job. Like this is what yeah. I absolutely love about what, you know, you've done for your business um, is that you've delegated and you've gotten the team members up to where you can just show up To where your energy for the company is best needed you can show up to train you can show up to do um, you know you know show up as a visionary for the company and and continue to grow and you've pulled yourself out of the business versus if you're in the day-to-day you probably couldn't have grown yes supply as quickly as you did
0: yeah absolutely and i think that's something we all need to know that's our responsibility like your responsibility as the business owner is to ask yourself How can I best contribute? I know that I cannot best contribute when I am knee deep in like accounting or like spreadsheet. Like that's just not my joy. And I'm so grateful for my accountant who loves that stuff, but that's not my joy. I know that. I help the most people when I'm able to be in a good energy showing up and doing, you know, Instagram stories or making video content that helps people or making my program better so my students can get even better results and working with the students. And so this is so important for us to ask ourselves, what is our zone of genius? And yes, at times I've had to do the things I don't want to do. Like what we talked about before I had somebody to help people with their lost passwords. I was doing the lost passwords, but it's always thinking. Thinking about where is the future going and planning for that. So, um, having that CEO mentality of like, if I could pay somebody to do this, then, and it's underneath my pay grade, like as a CEO, think of yourself as like, you are worth $500 an hour, or you are worth a thousand dollars an hour. So if you're finding yourself doing something that is worth $20 an hour, it's time for you to pretty quickly start to think about delegating that. And it's scary at first to be like, oh, my God, I have to feed another mouth. What if this happens? What if that happens? But you got it. You know, we know that what we focus on expands. So you have to focus on what are all the opportunities I'm creating for myself by actually giving this role to somebody else? So I'm always thinking about that next level and how I can, tr- can contribute more. And I do it. It's so funny. We were talking about this in our pre-interview as well, but I'm doing it from a place of service, right? Um, in the e book that I mentioned earlier, he talks about working yourself out of your business and, that's appealing to me, not because I don't want to be. School, is it Bohemuth? No, no, E myth. Like E-myth. the letter E. Yeah. E-myth. Can you
1: spell it out for our audience?
0: Yes. E dash, I think it's a dash. E-dash oh, M. Yeah. I know it. Okay. You do know it. Okay. Yeah. Yes. By by Michael Gerber, Michael Gerber or something like that. Yeah. So it was really appealing to me to work myself out of my business, not because I don't want to be here. I love my business. But when I don't have to be in the day to day, I can actually think about how can I reach more people? How can I help more people? And you're not you're not doing that.
1: If you're stuck inside a spreadsheet, you're doing that when you're thinking about your growth. But Reese, it's also important to share with our audience that it didn't happen overnight.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. And so you did still have to send those um, the login reset um, emails, right? So we've all been there, and I think that this is definitely the goal, right? Like you getting to this point where everything. And I think for all the entrepreneurs that are listening, um, this is their this is their goal, right? To have a team and to scale their company where revenue is coming in. They're able to onboard. Processes are in place. Automations are in place. It is a fucking machine, right? Like this is like every founder's dream. And I'm so happy for you. You have made it, girl. And you're part of that 2% club. And it's incredible, but it did not happen overnight. You still had to send those emails. You still were customer support. You still were sales. You still were head of product. You still were head of account management and onboarding and social media. And so, it's still a journey, and I want all the listeners to know that um, it is possible because um, Reese is here. I'm here. So many women that I interview were here, but it did take years, um, and, it, it, and you can learn from these women. It doesn't have to take years for, for you, um, but it's it's starting early. It's identifying processes that you can start automating it's seeing things that you can start delegating off. It's important to know where your business is moving the needle and where you can actually de- uh, to delete so that you could focus on your zone of genius and uh, growing the company. And so it is still a journey. And I want to make sure that the audience knows that it it didn't happen overnight for you. Oh for
0: sure. No, it doesn't happen overnight. And you know, today we've been talking a lot about team and team is essential because without a team, you don't have your company. I think that's why they call it or in my mind, that's why they call it company, because you want to be surrounded by the right company. But one thing we didn't talk about as much that I really want to emphasize too is an amazing product because I see a lot of people get into business and they say, I have this Instagram going and I, I'm posting every day and I'm still not getting results. And, and because the way how money works in our world, the only way of exchange is an exchange of value. So, how I started was I started with community, then figured out the product. But now, what I actually teach is getting really clear on what is the product or the service or the program that you're so excited about, you could shout from the rooftops because we're selling every day and we don't realize it. Anytime you've watched a movie that you love and you're like, oh my God, I watched this movie, Brad Pitt was in it, and da da da, he looked super hot, da da da, and then your friends are like, oh my God, and they go to the movie theater, you know, when we're not in quarantine, they go to the movie theater and they spend the 40 bucks on the ticket and the popcorn and they watch it. The cat you just sold something. It just wasn't benefiting you. Or even right now I've talked about the e I just sold that book, but I'm sure nobody was like, Oh my God, Reese is being so salesy, right? Because when you love something, you talk about it. So I think one of the essential things is creating a, pro- a program product or service that you're so obsessed with that when you talk about it, it's just like you're talking about your favorite book. And that's how I am about my coaching method. And I know that's how you are about your program you're like oh my god you need this like retailers used to take payments with like pen and paper and now they have you know all these technology and automations and I'm like you know people are trying to coach themselves just with questions when really you could just fast forward and use your subconscious mind and it's a thousand times better you want to shake people because you love it People feel that energy. When you have that energy inside of you, you can easily transfer it and people are going to run out to buy it. And also your customers are going to become your biggest brand ambassadors. They're going to sell the program for you. And this is one of the first things that I saw when I launched the coaching certification. People were coming in. Their minds were being blown. They were getting amazing results and they were showing up on their own Instagrams or talking to their family and friends and they're like oh my sister's signing up my mom's signing up this person in my community signing up and we actually shortly after started an affiliate program because i'm like I want to, you know, give back and I want to appreciate you for talking about this. And our affiliate program is really fueling our business right now as well. But we wouldn't have these influencers and affiliates who love talking about Supply if I didn't put so much energy into making it an amazing product. So whatever you're doing, make sure it's like, If you're creating a retreat, make it the retreat that you would want to go to. If you're creating a software, make it the software that you would want to use every day. If you're creating a coaching program, make it the coaching program that you want to sign up for. Like, I'm jealous of my clients because I want to go through this coaching program. And then when you're selling, you're not going to feel sleazy because you're like, I'm actually giving you a gift. The fact that you can buy this for $3,000 is a steal because I know it's worth $20,000. And um, then your program just, or your product or service just starts to sell itself. And that's how your business can grow. And think of how many things you've bought because someone told you about them, right? So I think that's just the proof is in the pudding that it's so important to do something you're really proud of.
1: I love that, and I, it could not be more true. Um, you know, and that's—it's just so important to have the right product. It's not just about having the vision for the company. If your product sucks, no <laughs> one's going to buy it, right? Like no one's going to show up to the party. Mm-hmm. And even if they do, and you get them to pay one time. They're not going to come back and they're not going to tell anybody. Reese, this has been so awesome. I have so many questions. Um, I know that my audience will definitely come follow you at Yes Supply and learn more about your coaching program. But I have a couple of quick questions before we end the episode. Sure. Um, And so Reese, when you kind of hit that, did you have a monetary goal uh, for your company, like when you hit that $1 million mark, did you celebrate in any way? Or was it like, I love asking this on my episodes of what'd you do when you like hit the million dollar mark? Or did you even know?
0: You know, it's so funny. So I did celebrate. I went out for dinner with my husband. You know, I messaged a few of my close friends, but every new, I feel I did a training on this recently, new level, new devil. I don't know if you dealt with this, but when I hit my first million. You know, I was always like, oh my God, I'm going to make a million. It's going to be amazing. Confetti is going to fall out of the sky. When I hit my first million, I actually felt some, I don't know what the feeling was. It was like some guilt or some shame of like, oh my gosh, I got this and other people don't. If I talk about it, will they not like me or will they feel bad about themselves? And I actually had to do a lot of mindset work on myself when I hit that and reframe it as, well, you know, I'm doing this, but I'm supporting my team, right? I'm doing this, but I contribute a lot of money to charities. I'm doing this. And I'm also being an example for women, for women of color, for, you know, people who maybe don't have that cookie cutter look or whatever. And, or, you know, we didn't even get into this today, but I grew up in an abusive household. I grew up with a single mom, not really having a lot. So I had to really switch my brain to be like, I'm allowed to have this. I worked hard to get here. And now I'm actually going to use what I've learned to help as many other people who want it hit the same thing as well. Um, But yeah, so I celebrated, but I probably should have celebrated more looking back, but you know, onward and
1: upward. No, that's so funny because I I definitely had a moment of celebration myself, but it was like so quick because then my goals leveled up so quickly. I was like, okay, yeah, now I'm done. Like the next morning, it's like, when's the next milestone? Yeah. And so I kind of was like, what's next? And I couldn't agree with you more about, it's kind of, you're afraid to sh- share it. I actually had a male mentor, I swear to God, whom I love, who's been a, my coach for many years, um, tell me that I should never post on Instagram that I have an eight figure business. Like hmm. was like, and and they don't understand it. Like a, a lot of my, um, like I'm in a very male dominated industry. I have coaches and mentors that have been there before that I respect so much. And I need hmm. to learn from their learnings because they built successful software companies, you know, and I don't have that like from a coaching standpoint. And I, I, and I truly, truly, uh, appreciate their advice so much, but sometimes they just don't get, this side of my world of why are you even spending the time to mentor women? Like this is not moving the needle for you. And I'm like, it's not moving the needle directly maybe for a fat merchant, but this gives me so much intrinsic happiness. Like I'm fueled by much more than just, Um, it's not just like the, the, like fat merchants KPIs, right? Like I'm fueled by helping other women have, I want to see a hundred thousand fat merchants owned by a hundred thousand incredible women, um, who never thought for a second that they could have a life like this or run a company like this. And so it's my duty. Like I have to show up. I have to tell them this is what I'm doing and that I am not the smartest person and I'm not the, um, like I, I, I need to showcase the truths and the hards and the uglies and the goods so that they can also see that I'm just like them and that they can do it too. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think, you know, women have been oppressed for such a long time and it's like how we're going to get out of that is by uplifting each other and supporting each other. And that's so beautiful. You're doing that because like, this is our one life. Like, do you want to look back on your life and say, okay, I build a successful business or look back on your life and I built a successful business and I helped this woman, you know, feed her kids or, you know, showing people what's possible. And I know for me, I never would have gotten to this level if I didn't see other women doing it as well. I wouldn't know that it was possible to make hundred K a month if I didn't see somebody else making a hundred K a month. Right. So I think being that example Not in an obnoxious or showing off way, in a humble way of exactly what you said. I did it, yes, but you can do it too. I did it personally without a business degree or whatever. And so you know if I, if I can do it, you can do it too. I think that's a way for us to lift each other up. And like I said before, your customers, your audience, they're going to be your biggest ambassadors. So I know in the universe, there's a lot of cause and effect. So all this good you're putting out, Sunira, it's going to come back to you in one way or another, even if you can't instantly check it off the KPIs list. (laughs) No, and I
1: don't even need it. I do feel it (laughs) it. right now. We're I'm like we're over time. This is like I feel like I have to have you on for another episode to dig further into some of like the coaching techniques because yesterday we were talking about tapping. We're talking about so many things. I feel like. Our audience will absolutely love having you back on, and we can kind of uh, talk more about mindset um, and things that you coach. Today, I wanted to share your story, um, and it's a beautiful story, and it's incredible, and I'm so proud of you, especially as another minority brown woman over here, (laughs) I love it's incredible. Um, not only are you a unicorn that has achieved the 2% club, you are helping others achieve it every single day. Um, and I'm just so, so proud of you. And thank you so much, Reese, for coming on the show today.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun, and I cannot wait to come back.
1: Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Follow us at CEO School on Instagram for show notes, inspiration, and exclusive behind the scenes that you won't find anywhere else. We also have an absolutely incredible resource for you. It's the seven lessons we learned building million dollar businesses. These are complete game changers and we want to give it to you absolutely free. All you have to do is leave a review of the podcast, why you love the show, screenshot the review and email it to hello at CEOschoolpodcast.com and we'll send it your way. This episode is brought to you by The Icon Method. If you're a service-based entrepreneur, a designer, nutritionist, photographer, educator, and you feel like the only way to make more is to work more, this is for you. The ICON method is our proven playbook to win back your time with passive income. It stands for ideation, creation, optimization, and niche. Here's the deal. We love running big businesses, but don't believe that your business should run you. And there is a way that you can take your years of expertise and experience and turn it into six and seven figure programs that can change lives in your sleep. Our ICON alumni are running best-selling online courses, membership sites and digital downloads across every industry imaginable. And we want to show you how to. If you've ever thought about launching a passive program or maybe you're just curious what this could look like for you, go right now to Podcast.com slash icon. We have an incredible free guide taking you step-by-step step through the whole process. This has been completely life-changing for so many women and we want to invite you to dream bigger and expand your impact with this proven method. Again, that's ceoschoolpodcast.com slash icon.